All right, three, two, one. It's the January third, third day of the new year. We're gonna pick back up with Matthew. He's still on the mountain and he's still going at it. So here we go. Don't pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults, unless of course you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your face and you might be able to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. This was actually... we. Got this part in uh, Luke when we hit the mount, the Sermon on the Mount. Basically, take care of your business before you start trying to judge other people. Don't be flipped with the sacred. Banter and silliness give no honor to God. Don't reduce holy mysteries to slogans. And trying to be relevant, you're only being cute and inviting sacrilege. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't the cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, you trick him with sawdust. If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God who conceived you in love would be even better? Here is a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Add up God's law and the prophets, and this is what you get. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way of, to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. Be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practiced sincerity. Chances are they are out, they are out to rip you off some way or another. Don't be impressed with charisma. Look for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never expo exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. These diseased trees with their bad apples are going to be chopped down and burned. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting to me and saying, Master, we preach the message. We bashed the demons. Our super spiritual projects had everyone talking. <clears throat> and do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say you missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you were work these words into your life, you were like a smart carpenter who built his, his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your own life, you were like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying. Quite a contrast to their religious teachers. This was the best teaching they'd ever heard. That's the end of chapter 7. That concludes the Sermon on the Mount. And that's 
this passage is, um, I mean, outside of the parables that he tells, this is, this is a great synopsis of the message Christ stood for. And notice he, what I love most about it, I think, is especially when he's like redoing the Ten Commandments, uh, and he, you know, when we get to like the adulterous woman, we get to some of these other parables. He does more of it, but he's he's actually doing a few things at once. For one, he's actually saying that who you are, what's most important, starts in your thoughts. It starts in your heart. So maybe you don't commit murder. Maybe you never murdered anyone. But if you are loose with your tongue, if you're loose with your words, if you're quick to insult other people, if you're quick to say things like tear down other people, that is akin to murder. You're murdering someone's, some, you're attacking someone else's heart or whatever. Um, same thing with adultery. He's saying, yes, maybe you haven't cheated on your husband yet or cheated on your spouse yet. But if you are thinking about it, you're contemplating it if you are ruminating on it if you are toying with the idea of it that in and of itself is adultery right right that right there a lot of people don't like to acknowledge or address that and instead they kind of just bury it and you know they wait for it to fester up later in different places but if you're contemplating that even that in and of itself is infidelity right same thing with the love your enemies. Christ says, don't do eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. Don't seek vengeance. What he says, if someone hits you, turn the other cheek. If they try to take your shirt off, fold it up and give it to them real nice. And there's some wisdom in that, you know. If you engage with fools on the street, if people want to come at you in a certain way with hostility, if you, you know, if you respond to them with hostility, you end up in the ER, you end up in a body box, you know, on the other side of tulips, wrong side of tulips. So, interesting, uh, interesting uh, le- lessons here. Here, I, you know, it's funny, he says, don't make a production out of it. Here I am, like, I have a whole production diary for my fast, and maybe that's a sign, because I've been failing on that thing. Maybe that fast is something I just need to take and do it privately. Um... Let's see what's going on here. Okay, so that's chapter 7. I'm going to take a look at chapter 8, and we're going to pick up there in the next one. Stay tuned.